0: It's a plane! Well, hello, beautiful. Listen up, casuals.
1: California! You've got a plan.
0: I'm afraid my protocols are being overwritten. Game over, man! Listen up, casuals.
1: We're back with another exciting episode. This is Chris. And this is Rocco. And we will tonight for your ears for your pleasures what will we be discussing chris
0: definitely definitely pleasures um no we'll be talking about black widow tonight uh and this is this is a character that rocco has been reading a lot about recently in the comics yes and 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 appreciate it and plus what a what a large role for natalia romanoff in the mcu
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, She was the glue that held that team together um, in the films, um, which we're going to be discussing after the first break. But yeah, um, actually a friend of uh, the show, Casey, um, he suggested that I get on the new run of Black Widow. And so I grabbed the first three because they were out at the time. And I was like, whoa, whoa and I ended up taking the whole, the run just ended. Um, I believe it was 14 issues and, uh, we'll definitely talk about that tonight.
0: Yes. Yeah. So listen up casuals. The show is going to talk about the comics, the origins of the character black widow tonight, as uh, we said, and then we're going to run through how it relates to the TV movie and that whole verse, uh, I think it's, I think it is funny though, because we're talking about how uh, the MCU character has such a, you know, influence in pop culture now. And I was thinking about it today. And she was, she not the first crossover character, you know, sans Samuel Jackson's "The like mm-hmm. fury, you know, who's st- you know, bringing the whole mm-hmm. thing together in Iron Man two, when she shows up,
1: um, was she not the first real crossover? I mean, it's it's definitely arguable. Um, I remember her her character before Scarlett Johansson, the cartoon character for um when they did a crossover um with like and it was Nick Fury and it was like the Avengers and the X Men. I can't remember which cartoon show it was. Was it the ninety
0: the nineties?
1: Yes, it was the nineties. Was it the West Coast Avengers TV show? It might have been.
0: Did it have Hawkeye in it?
1: Yes, it did.
0: Like in his weird outfit?
1: <laughs> yes, with the the like big thing on his face. Yeah, and that had to that had have been it.
0: Yeah, in the 90s, that was some great cartoonage.
1: Absolutely. All of, all of that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. But that was the first time like I had known anything about her was, was then. And she had the thick Russian accent. And she was actually a Hydra. She was actually part of Hydra and then defected to the Avengers Um, Well, defected to shield and then became one of the Avengers. As far as I remember relating to the nineties cartoons. That sounds about right, buddy. Yeah. And so, you know, we're going to learn a little bit more about
0: the character uh, as we roll through these key key issues, but let's start at the beginning, right? Yes. Um, Black Widow was created by Stan Lee. Don Rico and artist Don Heck and this is in uh, Tales of Suspense
1: number 52 all the way back in April of 1964. Wow wow she was she is an old uh, she's older than I thought. I thought
0: that as well Um, and thinking about it her influence in the whole Avengers MCU makes a total sense since you have you know a character as old as the Avengers Uh, when they were formed in the 60s so and being created by stan lee Mm -hmm. another another really i didn't i didn't know that myself um so i was i was surprised to learn that uh another key issue here and so in in the movie uh red guardian was played by david harbour Mm uh but in the comics and it it was like her her surrogate father basically right uh in the comics Avengers number 43 in 1967 was the first appearance of Red Guardian, Alexei Shostakov. That's Shostakov. That's my, Shostakov. Shostakov, my best Russian. Um, this was actually
1: the husband of Natasha yes. Romanoff. Yes. And I know that because that continues in the current run.
0: Ah, okay. So they, they actually do go back, like, they take that whole canical story and and they don't mcu it huh
1: no i mean he's it's a it's brief Mm -hmm. but it literally says alexei shostakov aka the red guardian aka husband of natasha romanoff like it actually says that like you know sometimes like all the villains are sitting around a table and they'll have like the (laughs) name of the villain and then like some stats yeah you know in comics it's pretty literal. All the villains are around a table and they they have that on this one page. And it's funny because I was brushing up before the show and that was the page I was on, hence why I actually remember that right now. <laughs> that's great.
0: It's funny how when comics are written, mm-hmm. you know, even throughout the years, that's, that's something they would do back in the old days of comics. Mm-hmm. And even they do it now. Um, and it's just, it's really creative, uh, a way to introduce you to a large amount of people Uh, yes very cool so in in regards to the show uh, i i wanted to bring in more characters yeah uh like origins of the ones that appear in the movie i didn't want to talk too much about taskmaster but i do want to mention that taskmaster was uh originally not how it was portrayed in the movie right Mm -hmm. no no but there was a female taskmaster that's not in canon but part of huh. like a Deadpool Max series, really. Uh, so that's uh, those arguments. You can do whatever you want, anyways, with these characters.
1: Right? True. True. Taskmaster. He was. Was he a Spider-Man villain at one point?
0: I. He's a villain who basically fought everybody. Right. Yeah. He was kind of just. He never had his own. I don't think he had like a main protagonist that he bothered. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he studied. The one thing I know that they kept. Yeah, (laughs) the one thing I know that they kept from the cartoons and the comics in the Black Widow film is the fact that he she studied all of the Avengers had a shield like uh, Captain America bow and arrow like Hawkeye, Um, like you had the the eskrima sticks like Daredevil. I mean, and and he his thing was he would study them. And and be able to mimic their movements, um, which is what made him so dangerous. Um, so, yeah, that's that's interesting.
0: Yeah. So, if you want to catch the first appearance of Taskmaster, uh, the Avengers 195, uh, 1980. So oh, nice. Find it there. Uh, but let's go back to the 70s. Yep. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about Amazing Adventures number one in 1970. It was the first cover appearance of Black Widow. Of her wearing her classic black costume and also the first Black Widow solo story. So she, all the way back in 1970, she gets her own solo story. She doesn't get her own comic per se, but mm-hmm. she does get a, a solo series or a solo story. Sorry.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I notice, like, I don't know. And, and maybe because I, I do want to talk about Frank Miller's run of Daredevil. Um, if if that's all right, I'll slide that in here. Um, Please do. He so it was Frank Miller and Klaus Janson who were doing Daredevil from 1979 to 1983. And in that time, Natasha Romanoff as the Black Widow had a lot of issues where she was having a torrid love affair with Matt Murdoch um but in those stories it seemed like she was more of a sex object more of you know she's she's having sex with daredevil a- and that kind of it was less about the two of them f- i mean there were fight scenes where they fought together you know against yeah. your typical ruffians from josie's bar um but there wasn't much substance to the character of black widow when written in these older pulpy you know frank miller style comics it was more the black costume the big boobs the the tight waist and you know her half naked under a bed sheet while daredevil's putting his red mask on there is no argument out there that would
0: prove otherwise that comics were not aimed towards men for the longest time to begin with. And only recently have we expanded the audience to be inclusive. Uh, And it's, it's, it's great to see. Mm -hmm. And like, we always tell people, like when you go back to these old comics, uh, don't be surprised when you see some, you know, questionable material even. Uh, Yeah. And that's, you know, that's just, you know, it was the times, but it was also,
1: well, doesn't make it right. right. Yeah. No,
0: it was at times and look where we are now. And we're much better off.
1: Oh, absolutely. Comics with, with inclusion and, you know, you, the LGBT community, strong female leads, people of color. I think that we're in a new golden age of comics, in my opinion. Um, the stories are better. They're more expansive. There is so much more. Don't get me wrong. I'm always going to have love the old comics for frank miller stuff but it's better now Uh, yes in ways
0: there are some of these stories cannot be beaten though back from well, i mean i I know what you're saying more appropriate more inclusive and more for the for more general public populace of of readers sure that's it
1: yeah, no, I mean, you're right. Nothing, it's going to be tough to top. We were just talking about Born Again, also written yeah. by Frank Miller. It's going to be tough to top that. That's the ultimate Daredevil 80s comics. comics. Uh, 80s
0: comics are amazing. 90s, killing were joke. Over sexualized.
1: Yes, very much so. But again, just going back to this run of Daredevil, it seemed like yes. Black Widow's <laughs> her job later. was to have sex with Matt Murdock. That was really it. I guess I got to read it for the sex. Exactly, you have to read it for the sex. I'm um, but yeah, so <laughs> so I'm seeing here in your notes uh, when she joins the Avengers. I found right? this interesting.
0: This is this is this is a huge thing, right? So she's a part of the original MCU Avengers. She was the the woman on the team. Um, but it was great because she's such a classic character, and she's been a part of the team since 1973 so avengers
1: number 111 and that's that's huge that's a big deal i mean whoever's holding that comic and in a first printing whoo all right right yeah that that the link i had in here originally
0: uh, where i got a lot of this information has like the pricing as well of like good copy decent copy and you know low copy yeah and it's just it's it's crazy how much comics have gone up and how much they're you know how many people are out there that want to get their hands on these old comics. So, yeah. uh, let's fast forward to the eighties. Uh, oh. Marvel Fanfare number eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the first appearance of Iron Maiden, who is Melina Vostkov, and she's a female assassin and enemy of Black Widow in the comics, but in the movie, she's played by. The beautiful Rachel Weiss, uh, who plays basically her surrogate mother. And yes. she was a Black widow.
1: First of all, Rachel Weiss, the woman has range and she's like a fine wine. She just gets more beautiful with age. Um, now, Rachel, I know you're a longtime listener of Listen Up Casuals. Um, you're one of the uh, first. Yes. You are not only an incredible actress, but you are stunningly beautiful. And Uh, I want to thank you for your portrayal of, of this character. I, she was one of my favorite, she was one of my favorite parts of that. I love that movie. I can't wait to tell you. I can't wait to tell you how much I love that movie and why, but I, I loved her in this. I, I, if you would have told me Rachel Weiss is going to be playing this character and she's going to have a thick Russian accent, I would have been like, why, why, why? And then I saw it and I was like, yep, yep. I do not love that movie,
0: but I love Rachel Weisz as much as you've just expressed, um, since like the Mummy days, and
1: oh, she was glorious. She glorious. was glorious
0: in the Mummy movies. Yes. Love her. Yes. Um. All right, let's stop drooling already. Let's let's talk about Yelena. All right, I'm sorry, you're going to start drooling again. Um. Yep. <laughs> you, Yelena Belova. Yes. I love her. The other Black Widow. So she's introduced for the very first time in 1999 in an, in Humans number five comic, mm-hmm. which is a weird way to have a you know this is the way that mm-hmm. comics do it. Oh, let's introduce a new character that will probably be very popular for years in a, a random appearance. Mm-hmm. I've never read this
1: series, so I don't know,
0: mm-hmm. but. That's kind of wild.
1: Yeah, that's that's odd to me. Um, but yeah, I love the character of Yelena. Um, I loved her. Well, obviously, we'll talk about her in the movies later. Um, I loved her in the current run that I'm going to talk about shortly. Um, she's so pragmatic. <laughs> um, she's uh, definitely tougher than uh, Natasha or or, Nat- or whatever. I got all her freaking names. Um no, she's definitely tougher than Natasha in terms of pragmatism, um, but Natasha is definitely smarter, where Elena's more ends justify the means. I, I wouldn't want to face either of them in a fight. So if you want the very first solo series featuring the character of Yelena Belova,
0: check out Black Widow, Pale Little Spider number one. Uh, that's in 2002. Okay, wow. It's not... <clears throat> well wow, it's so now thing. twenty years ago. Ugh. Well, I was just looking up when Transformers came out, the movie, and it's almost mm-hmm. twenty years. Oh. I mean, ugh. think about age and mm-hmm. ugh, God. Think about not... Jurassic Park was like thirty years ago, huh? Yeah, yeah. We're getting old, We're getting old. Well, yeah. Um, but this came out. This is uh, we got two Black Widows now, right? We got. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen? Eventually, they're going to collide and and fight because mm-hmm. that's what everybody's asking for. So in Black Widow number one, June nineteen ninety nine, is the first issue of the three mini three issue miniseries uh, Natasha Romanoff and Yulina Belova face off to own the codename Black Widow, and it's also the first mention of the Red Room, uh, which is which is a big part of the movie.
1: Yes, yes, wow. Um... I kind of want to go. I kind of want to see if I can find that three issue miniseries and read that. Yeah, probably. That sounds very interesting. I bet it's in trade. It's got to be.
0: And the last one I want to mention to bring it up to 2004 before we talk about the current run,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Black Widow number four. They basically retell the origin of Black Widow. Uh, and specifically the brainwashing and training she received with the other girls uh, in the Red Room. So another, we have here establishing uh, in this five-year span what the Red Room is, uh, which I thought was a really great idea in the movie. I mm-hmm. like that a lot. Um, so there we have it. Those are all the key issues I wanted to bring up, which leads us to today.
1: Yes, the the current uh run which i i got to stop saying the current run because it just ended so the last run current enough yeah um <laughs> it was an interesting concept so it starts out where uh it's very obviously natasha but she has a different name she's an architect um she's at work she goes home to her husband and her son and you're very confused reading this comic you're very confused as to what's going on like first of all her name's not natasha it's very obviously the black widow but it's not natasha well at least her name and then again you have the husband and the baby and and you're just like what what is this It's very jarring and i want to say it was at the end of the first or second issue where you have from like Yards away behind some bushes through binoculars, you've got Yelena Bucky and Hawkeye. Like what is that's a squad. Yeah. What is going on? And then you find out that the villain deep cut arcade Mm -hmm. along with Alexi, the red guardian and some others have created a Truman show type situation for Natasha without her even knowing
0: you're blowing my mind the fact that
1: arcade is involved with this that's that's great that's i love that yes so that's like the first few issues and then um slowly she's starting to get her memories back and then she finds out that like Her husband is a real man that loves her. He didn't know anything. He was duped as well. And their child actually is real. It's her real kid. So she realizes she's Natasha Romanoff. Yelena helps her remember that, you know, you're my sister and you're one of the Avengers. You know, this is all a lie. They burn down the whole arcade thing. His ass gets kicked. And this is the first act of the books. Um, and so that happens. And then, um, she tells Bucky, take my husband, take my son and get them as far away from me as possible and never tell me where they are. Cause as long as they're part of my life, they will be in danger and I'm not allowed to know. I can't know.
0: So you have a first appearance comic of her son. Yes. Yeah, I do that listen up casuals is something that in the comic world 20 years down the line you're like why didn't i have black widow number one yeah two number one, one would be right. his
1: technical first appearance as a baby Ooh. that's so, awesome Started to so, geek out no no it's fine it's fine and then from there you know she she uh her and, and her and yelena start uh they're in san francisco and it looks like someone is there's something going on with mutants. And it turns out that there is someone that is actually auctioning off mutants, um, like a high society type, like almost into slavery. And that's when Natasha, Yelena, Bucky, Hawkeye and some C-list mutants decide to disrupt the party. And of course, you know, the, the sisters, the black widow and white widow, which she's called, they, she calls herself white widow in this book um, in this series. But anyway, you know, they're dressed to the nines going to this gala event and they find out that they're selling um, what's it called? They're selling um, mutants, mutants. They're auctioning off mutants to like uh, villain's. And is this the hellfire gala? No, this is not this is nothing oh, to do okay. with hellfire, this is separate. Um, okay. but still, it was very, very interesting. And then, you know, they save the day, and of course, the last book ends with they're all like she's she's talking about how badly every fiber of her being wants to go find her son. How Bucky, who's sitting right across from her, knows exactly where they are, and she could torture him to find out. Um, of course, she's not going to do that. She's just kind of self-talk as they're all sitting around eating dinner together. And she's like, I guess this is my family. And this is the family that, you know, I, I have to have for right now. And, you know, it, it was it, being a parent. It was very tough. They, they packed a lot of emotion in the whole, like leaving my kid behind stuff. It was it was tough, man. It was a tough read. Not in a bad way. It was such a great run of comic books, it was just emotionally charged, very emotionally charged. That sounds like the way you've
0: talked about Moon Knight in the the Ready Room tonight. Um yeah I I just think that the exploration of trauma. Yes. The exploration of what most people go through and we think that we're like isolated in that um is very important, especially in this pop culture medium where we can you know where they can get the this i guess the story out there get the education out there i mean we've seen it in wandavision and yep. moon knight and mm-hmm. various things you know even hawkeye mm-hmm. um especially in these disney plus shows so comics explore that a lot of the time it's always something traumatic what drives the character a lot of yeah. the time what creates the character right so and
1: that's and that's the thing is we can see that in our real lives is Mm -hmm. we go through our trauma and we have to make a choice of what to do with our trauma and to be able to see these heroes empower themselves through their trauma is really the i think the most important takeaway from it um and and the big thing is that we have to remember with the child with natasha's son is that and it's discussed in this run is she was in the red room. Hmm. Casuals, listen up! For those of you that that didn't see the new Black Widow movie, spoiler alert: the in the red room, the the graduation is a hysterectomy. They are they are taken away the ability to have children. So Arcade, to mess with her brain while she was under and they were doing whatever they were doing to scramble her brains for this Truman show type situation actually cloned her using her DNA to create an actual child of her and her husband's DNA. So it really is her kid. She just didn't have it at through a natural childbirth. So she, after already going through the trauma of a forced hysterectomy, making peace with the fact that you'll never have a child then having a child then having to send the child away to me is incredible. The The yes. writing in that is incredible and awful. So awful.
0: Do you feel like the, the MCU treated that correctly, that whole, whole
1: scenario or did they just kind of like breeze by it? I think that, I think that they did it well, but they could have done more one thing I really, really loved was the conversation and people don't like Age of Ultron. I really liked Age of Ultron. I really liked that movie. Yeah, Sorry. it was. Sorry, people. I, lo- I enjoyed it very, very much. Mm-hmm. Um, but that scene with Banner and her in the shower or, or right before the shower was, I think, so well done um, where they didn't come out and say it. They masterfully discussed it. And I remember my daughter and I watched that scene and she asked me about that. And I very, I very much explained it in a way an eight year old girl should understand. And, you know, I think that that was very well done. I did love what, how Yelena, uh, juxtaposed to how Yelena said it in Black Widow. They go in, they scramble all of your and they pull it right out. <laughs> I, I love that
0: that's gross sorry uh, anyways i think that's really important as well i we've been talking about how maybe comics didn't really deliver the right message sometimes but i feel more now these days that it has that power a it's reaching more readers mm-hmm. and b we live in such a, a i guess a better time in in some in, in some respects respects right so um Yeah, I just I love that comics is 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 the top of that pop culture zeitgeist now and that everybody is getting a piece of it and enjoying a piece of it, a different piece of the pie.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it's it's crazy to me thinking about the Frank Miller run of Daredevil and how she was just a sex object to this recent run where she was. The head, uh, she was the headliner. It was all about her, and there were so many different levels of or layers, I should say, of writing and understanding and really getting in depth with this character. And it's it's such a crazy difference from those times to now, and Mm -hmm. still delivering such a fantastic story and such a great comic. Agreed,
0: and. I think so. This is a great time to take commercial, commercial yes. uh, because we're going to come back and we're going to be talking about how Black Widow has made her way into um, you know, the live action world of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So let's go to commercial. We'll be right back. DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetAtowel.com the only place to travel geekly, focusing on creator-owned and independent
1: titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. D-Fat Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with D-Fat Comics. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes, too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture. Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun. So come join me at the campfire chats. A DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. Listen up, casuals. We are back talking about black widow if you were with us before the break we broke down the comic books and discussed black widow's many appearances including her most recent run and now we are here to talk about her in the visual medias this is rocco this is chris and uh chris i have to before you jump into this okay (laughs) I'm, I'm upstairs. I'm, I'm watching the office with my wife. I'm knowing I'm getting ready for the show to start and Chris is texting me and I'm, I'm thinking it's just the usual. I updated this note. I updated that note and you know, no, it's random and strange black and white photos of a man in a devil costume and a woman dressed in black, very, very seventies looking. And I'm literally looking at what the hell is he sending me? I don't even know what this is. And it brings us to this next segment, Chris, of what the hell was that? I'm glad we added this segment to the show. Finally, I've been
0: wanting to do that. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted to wet your whistle for this episode in, in a way that only these pictures could. So let, I'm going to tell the audience about this 1975 show that almost came to be. All right. In 1975, I'm reading this off of Reddit. This is my source. (laughs) Angela Bowie secured the TV rights to Daredevil and Black Widow for one year and planned a TV series based on them. Bowie took a series of pictures of herself as the widow and actor Ben Carruthers as Daredevil to shop the project around to producers. But the project never came to fruition. If you don't know, just look it up.
1: Yeah. Look up 1975
0: Daredevil Black Widow TV show.
1: Uh, the Wild. pictures are disturbing. They're disturbing. <laughs> the um, Black Widow ones aren't bad. No, I mean, you know, she's a woman. So I'm into it. Um, but, uh, you know, the Daredevil costume is very off-putting to me.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I was looking at like Noid from Domino's or something like that.
1: Yeah, like yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. It, it had that vibe. Very. I think odd. The noise was
0: the Noid was actually based on this Daredevil costume from the seventies.
1: Looking at this, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised for a moment. I learned something today. Oh. yes, yeah, that's why we're here. That's why we're here, Casuals, to teach you. Now we've come to the films and her first appearance, Scarlett Johansson's um black widow first of all when i was watching iron man 2 which is her first appearance maybe i'm just ahead of the curve but when i saw scarlett johansson i was like that's black widow there is no way that that is not going to be black widow because we if we're talking about studying setting setting up the avengers and it turned out she was period and yes, I nailed it. Applause for me. Thank you. Um, but anyway, I like the wizard
0: world, like casting call guy over here.
1: Ex- right. Um, first of all, Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. you are absolutely gorgeous. And you are just so much better than Colin Jost. Um, <laughs> I love Colin Jost, man. I love him, too. But he's well, I guess he gives every nerdy guy a dream. Hope. Yeah, it's true. That's true. <laughs> um. They're by the way their commercial together their alexa commercial i love those oh my god i was dying i was dying and uh, <laughs> it's the greatest thing those were, were so had. good when she like was like no i'm doing i'm um auditioning for this like pirate role and then she does like she covers her <laughs> eye and and then it's like alexa's like play uh reminder to colin to fake his own death <laughs> like
0: when is the show
1: (laughs) right right? exactly but anyway um i think i think she was fantastic as black widow i i do
0: i agree it was i didn't really know who scarlett Johansson was at that point uh and her appearance in that in that movie was was great she played a really badass sexy character Mm -hmm. uh and they did a great job with her being able to challenge uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man uh, when he would hit on her or, you know, be inappropriate or whatever. And she just she didn't take it because she didn't have to.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I loved I absolutely loved that. Um, I loved her long hair. Um, I was sad that it was short after. But the long, curly red hair. That was great. Yeah, uh, that really was like, OK, cool. Like which. I'm the sucker for that so but I have to say the ultimate scene in Iron Man 2 was when her and Happy were heading to Hammer's place and Happy Hogan was all like I'm gonna protect you and he gets into this one on one fight with one of the bodyguards as she is decimating hallways of these guys and happy finally takes the guy out by himself and is like, I got him. And then he looks in the background and she, everyone's down on the ground, you know, either tied up or she hung them when she walked by and maced that one guy. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. This is what I want to see. I want it. I mean, I grew up with princess Leia, so I'm looking for that strong female that can put a guy in his place. And I think that that scene really, is what really introduced her as to what she was going to be Oh, absolutely! In the, in the MCU. Absolutely. I mean,
0: when she was doing all those moves, it was just something insane that we haven't really seen in the, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and it was great to see Black Widow finally on the big screen. Uh, we mentioned like, she's really that first character who started to really weave in and out of movies, uh, you know, as the Avengers were assembled and beyond.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the casting of Scarlett Johansson was great. The only thing I was, you know, not thrilled with was she completely dropped the Russian accent, um, which is something that I always kind of, for me, was synonymous with Black Widow, at least in the cartoons. And then even in the comics, I always read her, as a with a thick Russian accent I did like in the Black Widow movie how she did speak a little Russian with an accent I was happy about that um but that, would be my that was for com- you thank you thank you <laughs> but that'd be my only complaint. other than that I think I think Scarjo nailed it no one else could could play Black Widow ever
0: it's just it would, it's weird to think about it um she played the role for so long already and they're not going back to it now they've introduced you know Yelena already so It'll be interesting to see kind of how this shapes up in the future. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't really have too much to say about Avengers 2012. Um, I, or Age of Ultron, besides what we brought up already about the um, graduating from the Red Room. So we learned a little bit more about her past. Yeah. She has this relationship with Bruce Banner, you know. Um, I don't know. I was more of a fan when she showed up in, in winter soldier.
1: Yes. Um, Winter soldier. I think most of us can agree. Um, Me, you group of us, winter Soldier is one of the best, if not the best. (laughs) Yeah. MCU film. And if you don't agree, you're wrong. Yeah. And she is a big reason that she is a big reason as to why that movie was so great. She was fantastic in that. Um, I do want to say in the Avengers, though, I really did love her introduction Um, when she was being tortured, quote unquote. Oh, and, yeah, me too. And Coulson just calls and she's like, no, oh, this guy's giving me everything. This moron's giving me everything. It's the flip on the damsel in distress
0: thing again. It's yes. a total flip on
1: it, you know, and I like that too. Exactly. And then she just broke out of the chair and beat the shit out of everybody in the room. And then and then I love right. the stop slowly picks up her heels And she leaves. And like, I just love like she. So there's a certain there's a certain way to make a woman an absolute badass, but keep her femininity. And I think that that's a fine line. And I think that it was done so well with something as simple as that. So these were very large men that she held her own. Not only she didn't just hold her own, she wiped the floor with these guys, but then still daintily walked over and picked up her heels and daintily walked away, and I, I, I love that she didn't have to abandon the fact that she was a woman to be tough. Nice. You, you see what I'm saying?
0: Oh, I do, I do. I that's a that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought up that scene. It's it it is one of my favorites. Yeah. And then she had to go get Banner. Exactly. Oh, you set you set me to get the Hulk. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Nick Fury.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, but no, we were talking about uh, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, let's and, get into that. Yes, please. From the
0: minute she pulls up, you know, in that sweet ass car and um, little, little, little fun interchange between her and, and Steve. And I have then, to return you know. a
1: fossil to the museum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you, you brought that. And then, you know, um, Sam is like, oh, trying to hit on her and stuff. So it's of a course. good introduction of uh, like, that trio Mm -hmm. that you know will go through that movie as the main characters whatever people want to say captain america movies are basically like mini avengers movies Mm -hmm. and i think that's what makes it work so well is bringing in these other characters and the fact that between um uh between winter soldier and civil war that her role and and her kind of her um her loyalty in a way, faltered, and yeah. because she's such a she's such a huge part of Winter Soldier and an ally to Steve, and then she's like, oh, the the Sokovia Accords. She goes with with Tony, mm-hmm. but in you know we know in the end, like she helps them because of her guilt, and, and they are her friends and stuff. So, I I really loved her character arc be- over those movies um, because it just it gave us a chance to learn who she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that she really wanted to contribute to the team and be a part of this.
1: Exactly. I think that she did it all because she was ashamed of what she was. And I think that that shame she had carried into all of the movies. And I think that's why I'll argue that Black Widow was released and the perfect time because it got to finally show us where that shame came from. And the shame wasn't her fault. She was forced into that life. And, you know, I mean, God, I can't even imagine what her body count was. It's like showing up to a cemetery and everybody there, you, you killed them. (laughs) You know,
0: um, anyways, that's a little little easter egg if you've listened to the episodes so um let's talk about um how she dies this is basically like one of the biggest things as we get into infinity war um she's part of the secret avengers of whatever you want to call them which i love because they all go on the run after civil war Mm -hmm. and she her loyalties are where they have always been and i love that and i would love it i've been begging for a show of them on the run during that time um or something and i would love to see secret avengers but i I I have to
1: tell you (laughs) not only in the theater but still when i watch infinity war yes and and at home and just that scene with uh what is it proxima and um i can't remember the other dude's name anyway and, and Vision and uh, Wanda are trying to hold their own. And then you just hear the Captain America theme and she throws her spear and he just catches it. And, and you just know it's Cap. And then Widow's just, she's just sprinting and just starts beating the shit out of him. Dude, I, I, got, I stood up in the theater. I stood <laughs> up and just started <laughs> screaming. And even at home, I'm, I just, I do one of these claps every time.
0: It's one of the best scenes filmed in an MCU movie. And then, you know, when that train is coming through and the way they filmed that is just amazing because you got approximately midnight, like looking and she knows she sees something. Yeah. And then he's there and he's not there. And then he's there. I, I, I agree. And I, I would love to see the further adventures of, of those guys.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) And the way the three of them fought in a tandem um, you could exactly. tell that how much practicing, uh, I mean, let's be honest, you know, cap put them through drills, um, while they were in hiding and, you know, they wanted to protect vision and, and Wanda who were, I, I don't know though. Like I felt like Wanda could have beaten them up pretty easily, but maybe she's just still discovering her power at that point.
0: That's exactly it. I really feel like I mean the, the Scarlet Witch in the comics is is one of the most powerful characters. So she's getting there at that point. She doesn't know her her potential. I mean that's Wanda Visions a, a huge example of that. And I love the way that they've inter, like continued her story as well. Yeah, um, I do
1: love her story. But yeah, I mean in terms of of Widow uh, of Black Widow when she was part of those, that 3 and that scene in Infinity War And just, like, all throughout Infinity War, I mean, there's still the joke that she ran at Thanos with a taser, um, but, like, she still did. Yeah. Warrior, Warrior to the end. Yeah.
0: And, like, all great heroes, she sacrifices herself for the greater good. And not allowing her friend to do it, who has a family and you know children in, and she cares so much about him because you know clint was ready uh to sacrifice himself for that stone and that scene is so emotional do you have it, anything else you want to bring up before this, because no, this is such no. a big thing
1: so i think what the most important thing about that scene is that i think is wasted and 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 a lot of people should should understand is that Clint wanted to sacrifice himself for the stone because he didn't think that their plan was going to work at all. So, because think about it. He didn't think he was getting his kids and his wife back. He had made his peace with, their not coming back, but, but she, the whole rodent thing. Yeah. But she, she believed in this team so much. She killed herself because she knew that they were going to do it. Mm -hmm. She knew that they were going to win. And she didn't want Clint to kill himself because she wanted him to see his family again because she knew that they were going to win. And the only way they were going to win is if she sacrificed herself. And that stuck with me. That thought has stuck with me through that scene. That's,
0: yeah, that's actually really deep, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. Um, because I don't, I don't think I really looked at it that way. Because you, it, when you are watching these movies, especially when you watch them repeatedly, you know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? And only the first time, when you are watching that scene, can you really get that nuance. And I don't think I, I, re, you don't think about Hawkeye's family being dead in the movie because even though it's like such a big part of the beginning, oh man, <laughs> it's so it's crazy. But you are so. Caught up with everything that's happening in this crazy big movie, and it's such an important scene like that i yeah, how much of a hero that she ended up being, like she had such a she had so much red in her her ledger, you know, and that was something she always felt guilty about, and she could finally make a sacrifice that she knew was worthy
1: exactly and and how much she loved and believed in her team and and I wonder too. If some of that bleeds into Hawkeye with Clint having to carry the fact that he didn't actually believe in the team, which is why he tried to kill himself. So now he's alive. The team did win. He did get his family back and think to
0: watch that musical.
1: Yeah. I was going to kill myself (laughs) because I didn't believe that this team was actually going to do it. I didn't think it was going to work. So I wanted to just die and be with my family. Maybe. Maybe maybe i, 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 I can't just, blame them uh, yeah
0: you know that whole like i would, i think we should do a hawkeye episode but uh, we should. We should, we should we should because this show is going to go on for seasons that's so we're right. gonna need something um that's right yeah i loved i love that little relationship between the two of them that they had such a strong relationship that they had uh worked together for so long you know sacrificed a lot for each other uh and that and I love that kind of like where a male and a female can have a relationship like that without it being sexual. You know, it's I think that's really important.
1: Yeah. I, I agree. mutual
0: respect. That's uh...
1: yeah. And I think that that was definitely something for the movies. Cause in the comics, she had a relationship with Hawkeye. She even had a relationship with Bucky. Um, And she had a relationship with daredevil. I believe she had a relationship with captain America. You know, she did her her rounds of that team and that's fine. That's what happens when you work with that many guys. Um, but and the comics are written between the uh, before the nineties or the nineties exactly. before. <laughs> exactly. But no, I think that that's important. Is in the movies yeah. they made their relationship platonic, and I thought that that was very that was very insightful to to do that to make it a non sexual relationship. And the, the way they mourned her at that random pavilion by that random pond um you know where hulk throws the bench and mm-hmm. hawkeye's flipping out then you, you go there you take your hammer and you fly to the floating guy and you talk to him about it cuz they you know they were like they couldn't handle the fact that she was gone
0: yeah it's it's kind of crazy how like her death is so detrimental almost to the team where they almost lose hope mm-hmm.
1: uh but they don't yes which is yeah, yeah, and and that brings us to to Hawkeye, which we Oh, no, It cut. brings
0: us to Black Widow movie.
1: Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. I
0: because here's the thing, you're not you're not wrong because the Black M- Widow movie was actually placed before an Infinity War, right? But we yes. watched it after on Disney Plus, nonetheless. Because here we have our our one Disney movie, a Disney Marvel movie that was released in both theater and on and on streaming on disney plus right no other yeah. one did it they were thinking about doing eternals they pushed it back pushed it back and finally put it just put it in theater so yep. black widow suffered the same kind of consequences that i would say the suicide squad did as well it's tough i appreciate the duo thing mm-hmm. but i also think that what the batman did mm-hmm. is extremely intelligent yeah, uh, because all of a sudden it's just it's at home a few weeks. Like it felt like a very quick time before it was released on streaming.
1: Uh, no, I completely agree. Um, I I think that they should do that because I was going to go to the theater to see Batman, the Batman regardless. And right. I was able to do both. And there's some movies that that's just what's going to happen. But Black Widow, I finally got around to watching on Disney Plus and you didn't go to the theater, right? No, I did not. Me neither. Um, Me and neither. a lot of people gave that the movie a lot of hate. But honestly, I really, really loved the deep dive. I really loved seeing her and her sister as little girls with their fake Russian family. Um, I really loved seeing the fact that they were taken to the Red Room and everything that went on with that. Um, I, I really... I loved I felt like it was a very deep character study that, again, brought us a lot of trauma. Um, I think that some of the most important scenes were like with when they were all sitting at, at the dinner table with the pigs. And, you know, Yelena breaks down about how it was real to her. She was such a little peanut. When they were a family and, you know, at that age, that was her family. It was ripped away from her. And I think that those nuanced scenes like that really bring the character, really make the characters. How do I even put it? Like you can relate to them. How can you relate to a superhero? Well, you can relate to them through their trauma.
0: Yes, I will. I'm going to I will admit that the the storyline I loved about the family Mm-hmm. Uh and kind of the way they just stitched that whole history together and the Red Room stuff was good. I felt like because I didn't see it in theaters, mm-hmm. I wasn't really seeing it the way I wanted to. Because That's fair. a lot of the time with these kind of movies, like the story will be good, but at least you get this crazy action on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And it's such a like a display. And oh, sure. I really felt like I I I would have benefited from that more. My issue with this movie is, is more or less the way they treated Taskmaster. Fair. Um, that's fair. The way that it feels kind of Disney fight at times. Winter Soldier and, and Civil War are two examples of what the Russos did in terms of like paranoid governmental, like spy movies mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. And that, that's one of my favorite genres ever. And sure. when they did that, um they did something kind of unprecedented because they're proving that you could take a comic book movie concept whatever character and apply them into these different genres because that's what nonetheless comics cover so much of a broad spectrum of, oh yeah of storytelling right and when i watch the winter soldier and when i watch civil war it blows me away of the depth of, the, of those stories yep and i And at times in Black Widow, I was getting it, but there was something lacking. And it just felt like they maybe it was because it should have come out before Infinity War. Maybe like she's dead to me, but we're watching the story that kept getting pushed back and pushed back. I don't know. Maybe because I watched it on my TV. But then again, like I'm watching the Batman on my TV and I love it because uh, it's a great movie but nonetheless um and i didn't enjoy it as much in theaters um i it's so tough for me and i think that the taskmaster thing really bothered me a lot um because well, of because of the who the character is and the fact that i guessed it pretty early on in the movie
1: yeah i mean i i think yeah that those are again those are all fair points I like a movie that gives me that gives me a good twist that I thought I saw coming and I didn't. And what I thought I saw coming was Milena, their, their mother, their surrogate mother turning on them. So when she said, when she says in in the beginning of the third act that, I alerted the red room and they're on their way. I'm sorry. I thought that that was the twist, but I'm like, I believe that. I believe that that this is the final knife in the girls is that mom has turned them into the red room because she's really just loyal to the red room. She's not loyal to this family. I didn't see coming that they were using the fake faces. And Furthermore, I thought that the pheromones plot device was incredibly unique. And I loved the fact that she needed to get him to hit her and break her nose. And she got to chuckle and say, you weren't even man enough to break my nose. And she slammed her own face as hard as she could against his desk. So now she can't smell. Therefore, she can't. Her, her pheromones do nothing. And she can dispatch him, in, in, so to speak. And I thought that that was I didn't see that coming at all. I thought that was incredibly unique. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I really, really like I really loved that. You know, like there's so many cliche endings to movies. There's so many cliche twists. We see it all the time, especially in this genre. Yeah. But when you have a unique, you know, a unique ending like that, I thought that that was fantastic. This is
0: this is my struggle with the movie and the way it was just I and I. What did I ask you as we went into this show? We have, would a it have big been big question. Better,
1: would it have been better as a show? And as much as I loved the movie, I feel like, yeah, it would have been better as a show. I, I just wanted to see a little bit more backstory,
0: um just maybe some Black Widow missions and and mm-hmm. things like that. I wanted I wanted a spy movie, mm-hmm. like a hardcore spy movie. But what I got was a a Disney fied comic book movie, which is fine because I do agree with you that they they told a good story overall with and and those th- the the for- the pheromone thing really got me. I thought that was really smart. I didn't realize that, but I I just have a really hard time if everything kind of feels the same to me, and I don't want Marvel to get that way because I I do feel that about Moon Knight sometimes, and I need to watch this episode that you've been talking about because I've been waiting for something like that. Yeah, but it's just everything is so grandiose. Yeah. And I've been talking about how I went back and watched daredevil and I love what they do in that street level. Maybe that's just my preference of, of what I want to see from certain characters, but black widow kind of falls into that category for me. Like I want to see something more raw and, and, and kind of undercover. And I I don't know, I, maybe I'm asking too much.
1: (laughs) No, I, I mean, I think that it's fair. I, I think that the assessment in itself is fair I think that this show would have been served better. I'm sorry. This movie would have been served better as a show. Um, flashbacks to early missions that she was on all the way up to her death. But yeah, what
0: did she do? It, it, but it's right. too violent for Disney. You see, that's the thing
1: in a way. Maybe. I mean, we'll Maybe. we'll see how Moon Knight continues. But I did love seeing, again, uh, Madam Hydra played by... Elaine. I'm always going to call her (laughs) Elaine. Um, Oh my gosh. And I love the fact that she was at this little, little off the beaten path cemetery where her body was her final resting place and how Yelena was, you know, cleaning up the area, like taking care of her big sister and, and cleaning up the flowers and making sure the stone is okay. And then of course she's just, you know, standing there randomly blowing her nose really loud and just being disruptive. (laughs) And, and then lo and behold, gives us her next target, which is Clint. Do you want to know who's responsible for your sister's death? Yeah. Uh, And I mean, it's just, uh, I thought that that was extremely well done going into the Hawkeye show. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew we were going to see Yelena in Hawkeye yeah. And when I saw the person in the tight bodysuit, listen if you've been watching these movies long enough, you've seen Black Widow moves. You know what Black Widow moves are when they're fighting. She fought like a widow. I knew it was Yelena, but I will argue that y-
0: Yelena would make fun of Natasha during the whole movie about her like superhero landings and posing and all that stuff which I, I i found funny oh i loved it and i i think that it just it, it leads to something where we're what you just mentioned right so um <laughs> now she's I, the black widow right uh,
1: yeah and i loved in in black widow when yelena does the landing and and she notices what she does and goes Ugh.
0: Like <laughs> disgusted
1: with herself yeah. for doing that, but um, no, I mean she'll take yeah. up the mantle. I mean Florence Poo, Florence Pug, Florence Pug. Pug, Pug, Pug. I don't know how to say her last name.
0: She's incredible. She she's been a long time listener
1: as well. Exactly, she's incredible. She's a fantastic actress. She's gorgeous. Um, she pulls off the accent that I wanted ScarJo I was to gonna, have. Gonna say that, yeah, yeah. She pulled off the accent I wanted ScarJo to have, so I'm glad that she has the accent. And I think that she is going to be taking up the mantle of Black Widow because we are going to see another Avengers lineup. It's going to be either Young Avengers or West Coast Avengers. Um, it's going to be probably another 10 years from now because they, they just did a whole lineup until 2032 um, for Marvel movies. There's going to be a new Avengers lineup in there somewhere.
0: Did it get? It has not been announced yet, right?
1: They just did the summit, right? Correct. And but what they said was, is everything's planned out till 2032. Here's the thing Kevin Feige, I believe, has been
0: quoted saying that we're not building towards an Avengers event at this point, we're building towards other things. So, I mean, we got X Men coming and crazy things. So, I think you're right. I think on the side, we're going to see maybe on Disney Plus, we're going to see some. Uh, action on our on our favorite spy side of things but i think on the big screen we're working really working towards the introduction of mutants um but i would rather see black widow on the disney plus small screen because i think that i, I think that it, the character is better served
1: well and she was in hawkeye yes that scene with her and kate oh my god in kate's apartment and she's eating mac and cheese with all the hot sauce. Such good banter. And and she's speaking to her in a way of like, I'm going to I literally murder you at any point with anything in this room, whether it's dull or pointy. Yeah. And and just that that whole conversation in itself, they both deserve an Emmy for if I mean, Florence herself should get an Emmy for that scene. Um, she's incredible. And I thought that it was the whole show was a great way to honor Scarlett Johansson's black widow, especially the scene where Clint is at the, at the plaque looking at all their names for the battle of New York. And, you know, and he kind of talks to Natasha. He talks to her like, that's like his way of talking to her at her grave. Cause he probably doesn't know where she's buried. My, would be my assumption. Um, and yeah i, lo- I love that i really did me too um i'm really looking forward to seeing
0: if those two maybe get um some kind of like story and if they do it like a hawkeye season two uh because i would love to like really explore the forgiveness aspect of it and working together towards what um elaine is doing we're just going to call her Elaine um because we've only seen her show up in these two things
1: Falcon and winter soldier and black widow so she, far, right? Two yeah, things. She was supposed to be, she was supposed to be introduced in black widow. Okay. And yes. It got pushed back to the point where they couldn't push back, um, any further, uh, Falcon and winter soldier, any further. So they debuted her there. I think that we're getting thunderbolts because if you have, oh, um, Uh, uh, U.S. agent, agent, um, you know, and now, uh, the new Black Widow, you know, I think we're gonna get a Thunderbolts. Um, I think that I personally, and I'm gonna get it on a tangent here for a second. Can I I, say one
0: thing before you go on your tangent? Please, I just want uh, Mike Cortier to return as Luke Cage to lead a Thunderbolts team, uh, because that that has always been a big thing in the comics.
1: That would be, that would be awesome. And I want to Way see to him bring that character back. And I want to see him marry Jessica Jones and them have their child and him go. run for the mayor of New York or there we go.
0: Is the mayor bring it all York. into the modern day.
1: Yeah. I mean the devil's reign ended with him as the mayor of New York city. So I'm good with that. But um, no, I, I think that what I would love is we have an introduction of the Thunderbolts, an introduction of mutants and the X-Men. We've had an introduction of the Eternals. We have an introduction. We've already had an introduction to the Avengers and we have an introduction of um, the Fantastic Four. And I want this all to culminate to Galactus. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. I think that we had the one Fantastic Four movie that tried to do Galactus and they Silver even, Surfer. They didn't even try.
0: At least they did Silver Surfer
1: yeah it was bad but i i want to see silver surfer and galactus i want to see everything culminate to that i know it looks like kang is going to be our new thanos right now but for I time
0: being here and there there i don't want to go into this too deep but i i fully believe you're right because fantastic four is supposed to end one of these phases whether it's this one and they say, oh, here's Galactus. And then the mutants show up in phase five. And all of a sudden, everybody comes together to battle this giant being. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you completely. I, you know, with what's going on with Moon Knight and uh, Blade, we have a whole other side of things to explore as well. The supernatural. Uh, which, yeah, which could totally tie into Doctor Strange and Wanda and Zons. all the stuff they're doing. Um, so I'm very excited for all of that and I think we have a much broader spectrum of what's going to happen in the MCU yeah. that we'll have these little micro stories these macro stories and more and not everything has to cross over anymore and that's why I think he said something about like I don't want to just do an Avengers event anymore like if Galactus shows up that's that's the biggest thing but it's not just an Avengers movie it's going to be the entire Marvel universe.
1: I really think that they should do shows for a specific hero with very little crossover Disney plus shows. And then the movies will be reserved for the big crossover events. Cause that's why we go to the theater for these big events. Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness with the, now we know the Illuminati we've got Wanda, we've got Dr. Strange. We've got, it fucking looks like professor xavier it is what do you even say don't even yeah, say it looks like it is um <laughs> you know we're, these are huge events that should be on the big screen yeah. whereas you know we've got our, our single superhero stories should be shows my opinion i agree
0: long form storytelling over six eight episodes whatever you want to do this is this is what we've been talking about for years. Uh, and where you can't just squeeze a story and get that kind of content or that kind of context, I should say, over a two two hour period. You can't. You can't. So that's it. That's yeah. all I gotta say.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. So what else? We anything else about Black no. Widow?
0: No, I, I don't think so. Um it's it's funny to see like a full circle of a character's arc within what we experienced for 10 years. And I think that was actually one of the, one of the most memorable things about what they did uh, for the first, you know, major stage of, of the MCU. And what a great character to use for that. Somebody who doesn't even have superpowers.
1: Yeah. um, I think that the treatment of black widow was fantastic. I think that Scarlett Johansson was masterful as the black widow. Not only was she, I mean, I'm a man. Okay. So she was incredible to look at, but not just that. She was a full character that wasn't just there for eye candy. She was, she had a, she was story driven. She was written extremely well. She acted extremely well. Her fight scenes were fan freaking tastic. Um, and she was great from her start to her end she was great yeah sexy is okay
0: you know yeah. it's there's nothing wrong with that but you also have to portray the other side of how badass she is and to stand up with these gods more or less uh, and hold her own what a what a great uh, what a great way to bring in like the, the new age of, of comics so this has been fun this yes. is, uh, another episode in the books A great time talking about Black Widow. You know, we're on season two of Listen Up Casuals. That's some great topics. We hope you're listening to all the episodes. And if you have any specific heroes, villains, comic book characters that you want us to cover, talk about, you know, please let us know. You can hit us up at dfatentertainment at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, let us know. Shoot us a message. What do you want to hear? What do you want to know about? And, you know, Chris and I, we spend large amounts of our weeks reading comic books. This is what we do. So we love to break this stuff down for you. So if there is someone you want to know about, I will go buy their comics. I will read their comics. And then Chris and I will break it down for you on our show. We're here for you. And thank you. Make sure that you're rating, you're commenting, and you're sharing with your friends.
0: Absolutely. And check out the other shows on the Defa Entertainment podcast network including tele talk uh where we do the weekly geekly news uh and then what do you do over at defense entertainment my friend
1: uh well there's star warriors there uh, so if you're a star wars fan make sure you check that out chris and i do our own star warriors marvel comics um where we break down the star wars comics So make sure you're checking that out and then i do a show called critical mass Um, Make sure that you're checking that out. Our season is going to be starting at the end of May, 2022 um, for our next new season. Don't miss it. But until then, Chris, did you have anything else? I don't, but I can't wait for the next
0: season of Critical Mass.
1: Thank you. Thank you. We can't wait either. It's going to be great. But until then, make sure that you support your local comic shop.